Hello, everyone. This is Michelle Labus, the editor of the NU Herald. And with me tonight is Diana Tierney, as always. And I have a co-host, uh, Liliana. Can you say hi? Oh, now she's shy. Oh, now she's shy. <laughs> she's not shy either. So she might be with us for some of the the evening. She might go in and out, but we'll see how this goes with a two-year-old. Hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> so, hi, Diana. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Surviving for a Monday. Right. I. <laughs> Hi. Being a stay-at-home hi. mom means hi, my... Hi, hi, hi. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, hi, hi. My days hi, kind hi, of run hi, together. Hi, hi. Okay. Oh, hi. So, uh, you have a boo-boo? Oh, no. You want to kiss it? Okay. Okay. Mama. So this is a pretty exciting evening because this means... Or this is the... Fourth podcast, which means we have officially finished our first book of the month. Yay! And we'll be moving on to... Oh, Liliana. We'll be moving on to (laughs) All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr. Doerr? I'm probably looking his last name. I forgot. I'm that horrible. Uh, I'm going to look it up real quick. Just had it here. I know it's D-O-E-R. I just don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, I think it's Doer. So this will move into our historical fiction month, which is your your run. (laughs) And I think we might even have some surprises this month if the scheduling goes correctly. Maybe. Just have to watch and see. See, we do teasers to make you guys come back. Yes, also known as Friday. Mama, Mama. Yes, I know, I see, good job. So we've actually decided to switch up the theme. I know that last week we had said that tonight's episode would be uh, Young Adult Guilty Pleasures, but in honor of the end of the book that we read, we have decided to switch to our favorite literary couples. Hi. Also considering the fact that we don't have too much to discuss when it comes to you. Hi. 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 Yes. Hi. We all see you. So. Hi. 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 We. Hi. 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 Okay. Wow. Certainly know the meaning of the word, don't we? You know so many other words, but I think it might be time for you to tell words to Daddy. Yeah. Lily. Nani Beep. needs you. Come here. Beep. 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 Why are you beeping? Daddy. Daddy. Go help Nani. Daddy. Daddy's calling you. Go get Daddy. He needs you. <laughs> this I is my me. life. I need you. <laughs> I need you. Yes, you need Daddy. Need so my little ones are passed out on the couch next to me. We're not quite at uh, bedtime yet, so ah, yes, no worries. Lily, go help Daddy. Look. Oh. Hi. 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 It's far more interesting. Oops. 
right. Hi. I'm just going to transport her downstairs. Okay. Hold, please. Can you say bye? Bye. 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 Oh, children, aren't they wonderful? Anyways, so coming up this month in July, we're going to be discussing All the Light We Cannot See, which is a fabulous book. It was a Pulitzer Prize winner. It um, covers World War II histor history. And I've been hearing a lot of people complain about World War II being just done, where there's nothing at all interesting to be said about the story, which, or the war. But I think there is. There's so many more stories that can be told from it and so many different angles that we're just now discovering. So I'm looking forward to seeing this one particular story. All right. Okay. No worries. I kept everybody entertained about my opinions on World War II and historical fiction. So we're good. Uh, good. Well, so I, what are you drinking tonight? Well, I went with Cupcake because if we're talking about favorite couples this is this is one of my great loves yeah. <laughs> oh so very true and it's the cupcake pinot grigio Ooh. So, well amazing. for some reason i guess i've been hanging out with you too much because you've worn off on me because i've been drinking a lot of rieslings lately yes <laughs> today's wine is um a riesling from a wine uh, company called relax Oh, that's such a perfect um, name for a wine. Isn't it? And for a Monday. And for um, Paul and Bevlin, because, you know, they needed to be able to relax for their wedding. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they, for sure. Oh. So, did Let's you... Let's talk about the book. What, what were your overall thoughts? You know... For a character that I wasn't really sure about, Paul really totally grew on me, like almost more than Veblen by the end of the book. Yeah, I think by the end of the book, I liked him more than I liked Veblen, which is weird. I know. I'm I'm curious. I wish we may have to see if we can get a hold of Elizabeth McKenzie on Twitter to <laughs> see if we could pick her brain about that because... I am curious to know if that was intentional or if, you know, if that was kind of like a goal for her. Well, I think there is the character growth. And what I liked about the characters is that they both grew. Mm. And Bedlam grew as a character. She definitely, she gained her own uh, yeah. by the end. But she, she became stronger and Paul became more understanding by the end of the book. And right, I right. liked her growth. But I don't know. There's just something about his character that I just liked more. Well, I think starting at at when we talked last time was where mm -hmm. I was at at chapter, I think, 13, 14 or 15 mm -hmm. with the uh, epic butt dial. Or <laughs> yes. Butt I guess. <laughs> And that was something, I mean, okay, not everyone sits around and talks to squirrels, but it was something so innocent that that could happen to anyone. Mm -hmm. I, again, you're not talking to squirrels, but no. it, it's something that could happen and maybe has happened. Maybe you accidentally butt-dialed someone. Like that butt-dialing incident. Yes. yes. But... 
I think that's the the moment that like I started sympathizing with him a little bit more, and mm-hmm. then I was like, "Oh, Paul, you need to calm down. Like, chill. Talk to her about it." Yeah. Once I started to um, see more of his family, see more, understand more of where he was coming from, for why he was the way he was, then I started to gain my sympathy for him. Yeah, his parents. I I'm not a fan at all. Now you finished the book, right? Yeah. Okay. So what do you think about the whole guilt thing? As a parent, I'm interested in your opinions on this, where they felt so guilty about the one son, and then they uh, overcompensated. Yeah, they overcompensated on it, and then in the process, neglected Paul. You know, I I, I don't know how I how I would react in that situation, but I am... I mean, my kids are two and eight and a half months, but I am very constantly aware that my youngest is, is, you know, so much, and he's a baby, so he's so much weaker. He can't, you know, defend himself. He's much more fragile. So I am always on Lily about, you know, be gentle, be nice, da, da, da. So, and I've even asked, you know, my mom has been visiting for the past two weeks and uh, one night I asked her, I said, do you think I show favoritism towards Landon? And she said, well, he's a baby. So right now you have to mm-hmm. kind of not favor him, but be his advocate a little bit because he can't talk. He can't speak up for himself. Yeah. So I feel like that might be something that I'm constantly aware of as they get older. But, like, not to that degree. I mean, mm-hmm. you have, you can't coddle one kid his entire life yeah. and completely neglect the other one and be like, oh, he's fine. Don't worry about him. Or the one thing that made me mad was a science fair. They blew it, off his science oh fair. Oh, my God. I felt so bad for him, especially when he didn't win. Yeah, and this he had such a great theory. Now I'm really curious. Do snails scream? Yeah, I was reading that part going, do they? Like, yeah. Did I do- Is there cruelty <laughs> animals to try? <laughs> if you try to make them scream, Michelle, we might have to contact PETA. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he did fake the result, and that kind of, like, I don't know why, but that bothered me a little bit. I don't but- think he did. I don't think he actually faked it. No, I think he actually attempted it. Well, um, yeah. He, he didn't cover his butt properly. He didn't um, properly um, go about the proper methods to show to give proper proof. And I just, like, I mean, that whole, that entire science fair section, I mean, if you know your kid is doing this, Huge science project that obviously means a lot to him. You're going to bring home a bunch of random people to, like, start a drum circle in your living room. You know what? If you're going to bring home the drum circle in your living room, fine. But show up for your kid. And or make that whole drum circle show up for your kid. At least be present, whether they want you there or not. Yeah. And for, like, for him, he specifically went up to his dad and was like, hey, can you leave Justin home? And just mm-hmm. come to your, come to my science fair yourselves. He, there's people here to watch him. He won't be home yeah. by himself. And for 
for his dad to turn around and be like, but he likes it so much. And, you know, it doesn't cost you anything to have him there. Sometimes you just got to do one thing for the kid and let the other one stay home. Yeah. I felt really bad. I mean, I'm glad that he got to spend time with the girl that he had a crush on and everything. Mm -hmm. But I felt so bad for him. Yeah. Me too. I'm trying to adjust my camera properly here. Okay. So, um, sorry. Fizzgate, Lilo. That girl in the background is... Yeah, those are my dogs. You see, when you talk about your kids having to, um, you know, watch out for the big one hurting the little one, mm-hmm. in my household, it's the little one that goes after the big one. And oh, really? The little one is constantly tackling the big one, pulling on every ear, every paw, even her tail, just trying to get her to play with her and fight. and Play with me, play with me. Yes. Yes, whether Fisgig likes it or not. Oh. Now, no, come here. Come here, you beast. Come here. <laughs> so, uh, overall, I take it that you like the book? I did. There were some parts that I felt kind of started dragging a little bit, but um, but overall, I, just, I really enjoyed it. It wasn't a book that I probably would have picked up if I wasn't specifically looking for... I don't know, that kind of book. I don't, you know? Does that make sense? It's a night of invasion of the little ones, as you can tell. (laughs) Yeah, but yours doesn't say hi 30 times in 10 seconds. (laughs) But mine bark. Yeah, but they're not barking right now. Yeah. So, but yes, I thought it was a very good book. I would love to get a hold of Elizabeth McKenzie and see if we could do like a Q&A because I think that would be a lot of fun. I think we should make that happen. We'll give it a shot. We will. So our um, our topic for tonight, uh, moving along, is our favorite literary couples. Yes. So and I'm assuming I know what's your first pick because it's probably the same as mine. Probably, but let's hear yours and I'll tell you if you're right. Claire and Jamie? You know, okay. So, yes, but I was like, you know, I'm going to pick a different couple from Outlander because we're, we're basically, Outlander has uh, made an appearance in every single episode since we've started. Because we love it. Because it's amazing. <laughs> and I, you know, I thought it, it's a series on stars. Mm-hmm. So I thought that I had watched all of the episodes up until the recent one. Mm-hmm second season and apparently I had not and I still had a bunch of seasons or a bunch of episodes to watch so I'm uh, finally at the part where they're back in Scotland okay. after everything that happened in France and can I just say that I am so happy to see Jamie Fraser back in a kilt and the coat that he wears is so amazing uh-huh. I love the coat that fashion, like her sweaters, look so warm. I want those those shawl things that she wears. Even though it's too warm to wear them, I want to knit every single piece that she wears. <laughs> Absolutely. But yes, Jamie and Claire are on the list. I, I would love them as a couple. I would even add Claire and Frank because I love Frank. Yeah, 
Frank doesn't get that much love. He doesn't. And I feel so bad for him because he's so happy to have her home. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, okay, but just so you know, I was in love with someone else. And I, you don't have to say whether she gives him every, she tries to push him away every opportunity that she can. And he still sticks by her. I know. I just, I think he's so handsome, but then it switches mm-hmm. back to Jack Randall. Mm-hmm. And I just want to punch him in the face. But um, props to that actor because he plays two different people so well. Oh, he's such a good actor. He was uh, most recently in The Night Manager. Oh, he, really? Yeah, he has a role in that, and he plays a, a pseudo-bad guy without giving anything away. And he is just so fantastic. He what? plays the villain so well. He, d- I mean, he plays Jack Randall, like, so well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's Jack Randall, right? Yeah. <sighs> You're right. In my head, I'm thinking Blackjack, but I had a, a moment of, am I saying the wrong name? Yeah, Blackjack Randall. You're right. Oh. I mean, he switch, He can switch back and forth, and it's believable with both. Mm-hmm. So great. Such a wonderful ability for him. Yeah. And then who are some of your other Outlander favorites? Uh, Jenny. At least one more. Well, I love Jenny. And yes. How can you not love Jenny? She's, she's the Scottish woman we all want to be. She's super sarcastic, but she's she has such a good heart underneath her little sassy exterior. Mm-hmm. But and I love how she totally took in Claire and didn't really ask any questions mm-hmm. about her, even though at first she was like, "All right, she's an English chick. What are you doing with her?" Yeah. But but I just love her. Mm-hmm. And I think her husband is the sweetest. Thing on, yes, he is half legs, salt of the earth, that kind of guy. Yes, so that those are my Outlander couples. Okay, well, moving beyond Outlander, I've got um, there was a book that I listened to on audio called The Other Daughter, mm-hmm. and there is a couple on there that I absolutely love, uh, Simon and Rachel. They just go so well together, like. Even as friends for the mass, vast majority of it, it's just there. They have this, the characters have like this perfect chemistry. And then, um, of course, going back with more of my historical fiction stuff, because I'm always going to bring it back to historical fiction. Even though they're real life, though they have been portrayed in literature, I love F. Scott Fitzgerald and Zelda. <laughs> I adore them. Craziness and a little. I knew they were going to come up. Of course. I also figured, well, actually, I wasn't positive, but I'm maybe like 90% sure this okay. couple might have been on your list. They, you may have left them off because you figured I would bring them up. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Okay. Um, Dreadnought Stanton and <gasps> Emily Edwards. Yes, I didn't bring them up. I forgot about them. Ugh. It's been so long since I've read those first two books, and I was, I hated the third book in the series, and I haven't read any more of them. But I forgot about them. I love that couple. They're such a great couple. They are in, now I can't, I'm not sure, I didn't have a chance to look it up, but The Native Star is the yeah. first book, right? Yes. Okay. 
So it's a series mm -hmm. um, by M.K. Hobson. It's a sci-fi fantasy. Steampunk. Steampunk. Yeah. Um, but these two characters, I mean, it's kind of the typical, like, they hate each other at first, mm -hmm. but then they fall in love type thing. Mm -hmm. But not, uh, for some reason, the way that they were written, it wasn't like, okay, we know they're going to fall in love, whatever. It was just, you can't help but Dreadnought, even though I hate his name. <laughs> <laughs> I love his name. I picture him to be tall and kind of geeky, kind of like um, Zachary Levi kind of look to him. This I, tall, geeky guy. I don't, I'll take the top hat, and I'm not sure if that's because. Because <laughs> it's Victorian era? Described in the book, or if that's just my mind dressing him. Mm -hmm. But I picture a cane, a long overcoat, and a top hat. <laughs> the the face, I don't know, but that's that's how I picture him. But they're so good together. She's uh -huh. super sassy. Mm -hmm. And he is like wonderfully sarcastic. Like if you it's love her. Country mouse versus city mouse too. Yes. That's a lot of the way they are. She's very much the country mouse. Yes, and he's he's very refined but he, mm -hmm. he kind of bucks his his upbringing like he doesn't want anyone to know that's where he came from mm -hmm. but I just love them it makes me want to read those two books again right I know I was thinking about them and I thought oh I should reread those books yeah. <laughs> go visit some old friends right it's been so long yes and um, another one that I had, now this might tie into our previous, previously scheduled programming of, uh, young adult books, but I have Triss and Four from the Divergent series. Okay. Just the first two books. Okay. I have to say the third book, I'm, all the movies are out, so I'm not really worried about any spoilers. So cover your ears if you don't want to know what happens in the third book. But the movies are out, so I'm not really worried. But I just got really sick of, oh, I'm lying to her, and I don't want to lie to her, and I'm lying to him, and I don't want to lie to him, but I'm going to lie to him anyway. But I, that's one of the reasons why I dropped out of that series on the second, like halfway through the second book. I like skimmed through, and then, then I read the last chapter, and I was like, okay, I'm done. Uh, that was right when I decided young adult books are not for me. <laughs> And that was one of the series yeah, that helped me. Yeah, yeah. That I, I want to lie to him, but yet I don't want to lie to him. But I'm going to lie to him anyways. And the whole, oh, I'm going to kiss him cold way and have this sex scene in the book. But yeah, no, no, I'm not because this is even an adult book. <sighs> but I do, I did like Tristan for especially the first book was the best. Mm -hmm. The first book was quite good. I liked the first book. If she stopped there, I would have loved it. Yeah, the the idea of it, the world that she created, all of it was really good. I liked, I really liked Four. Mm -hmm. And I think the actor that they cast to play him did a really good job of playing him. Yeah, I think casting-wise it did pretty well. But, um, but I really liked them. And I think, aside from the whole lying and deceiving and well-intentioned backstabbing, I guess... Um, I really liked them at least when they first started out. Mm -hmm. 
I like um, Mercy Thompson series. Uh, Patricia Briggs writes fantastic characters. And she has so many different couples and so many different characters. And they're really well drawn out. And it's, that's the thing about the good, these couples that we're talking about that are so good is that they're complementary to each other. Mm-hmm. And one of two of the characters that I love from her series, I have um, from the Alpha and Omega series, I have Charles and Anna, where Charles is this really, he's an alpha werewolf, obviously means he's going to be an alpha, alpha boy and really powerful and really strong. Where, and then you have this soft, demeanored Anna who just compliments him. She mellows him out. They, um, they go together, they find their team, and they try to work. And then the conflict, there's conflict between the two of them. And the conflict is their personalities where she wants to be her, but yet he gets domineering at times, and she has to set him straight. I love that. And then you have Mercy and Adam, who I'm absolutely in love with those characters. Um, and Adam being the um, head uh, werewolf of the Washington region. I can't remember specifically the uh, basin region or whatever that he is. He's not Seattle, but he's another part. And he's just this all-around good guy and takes on responsibility and leadership because that's what he does. Gee golly. And then you have Mercy, who is just the coyote trickster kind of person. And she literally transforms into coyotes. And the two of them just go together well. They have that. They have the clashing. They have she's headstrong, but he's there for her. And he can be stubborn and try to do things his own way. And they're just really, really good together as a couple. And I love them. (laughs) I love that it's a werewolf and a coyote. Mm -hmm. I keep telling you to read this series. It's such a great series because it's it turns that whole mythos of werewolves and uh, vampires on its head and it has this really great logical series behind it of why things are the way they are and it's very ordered and yeah she's a the fact that she's a coyote and she's it goes with native american mythology and she's (laughs) I know. I have to. I have to. It's on the list. <laughs> it's on the list. I We're going to have another vacation. Of the month, then we can make you actually read them. <laughs> yes. That would actually probably be a good idea. Yes. That's why all the light you cannot see is our July pick. Yes. And I did. I tried to start reading it last week. Some I forget when, but at some, some point last week, I was like, ooh, both kids are sleeping. I think I'll try reading it. And as soon as I sat down, I think I read the same sentence five times because someone woke up. And then fell asleep. <laughs> so, but I'm excited to finally read that a year after I bought the book. Yes. Now, the next one that I don't know if if you, I think you read this. I'm not sure. But The Time Traveler's Wife. I did. And I didn't like it. That's right. I remember you didn't like it. Oh, I loved it. Um, Henry and Claire. And I'm noticing that Claire is like a super popular name for right. main characters. I think even, is it this one? Uh, I just picked up the new book by, um, it is Claire. All right. 
we talked about um, letters from Sky uh-huh. in our travel uh, travel post. Mm-hmm. So Jessica Brockmull wrote a new book called At the Edge of Summer. There, mm-hmm. there you go. <laughs> so I picked it up from the library, and the main character in this book is Claire. I don't understand why the name Claire is so popular. But anyway, um, Henry and Claire from The Time Traveler's, Time Traveler's Wife by Audrey Niffenager. Niffenager. Um, I just love them. I That book, that's probably the, one of the only books that made me cry while I was reading it. Hmm. But I know you didn't like it, but yeah. I just, I love that story. I, the movie, not so good. They skip a whole lot of parts that really make the book. And that's so, what's funny is I thought I liked the movie better than I liked the book. Oh, gosh. The book, the movie was good. I, I think, um, what is it? Rachel McAdams was mm-hmm. the wife and... Yeah. Um, what is his name? Eric Bana was Henry. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, could like stare, this Eric. I could, I could stare at Eric, you know, all day, but, mm-hmm. um, but they just, it wasn't the best book to movie, uh, adaptation. They really are really. No, there's one, the, um, gone girl movie mm-hmm. from a couple of years ago that stuck so close to the book it was so good princess bride better than the book love really? the book yeah the i love the movie absolutely love the movie the book not so good but the movie is just fantastic and he and the same writer the guy who wrote the book also wrote the script i and actually didn't even know that was a book yeah it is. You might have to read it to Lily at some point. That's Rich's favorite movie ever. Mine too. I think I adore Rich even more, and you can tell him this. <laughs> we have the same favorite movie. I'm sure he'll love me saying that. Um, <laughs> no, no. His favorite movie is The Hurt Locker. Right? Grr. Movie. Yeah, no. Braveheart. Grr. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not The Princess Bride. But, um, but... I might yes. have to start quoting Princess Bride in this Facebook now. I think we said I said something about mice or something. I was like, oh, the R-O-U-S's, rodents of, rodents of unusual size. Oh, speaking of R-O-U-S's, they do exist. That Oh, I was at the zoo. That's why. Because we saw the um, Tasmanian devils. Coates. The, Mex- the Mexican Coates. I was at the Orange County Zoo this weekend, and I, I kid you not, go look them up. They look just like an R-O-U-S. Just like them. That's hysterical. I'm going to have to go now. Yes. And, okay, and you, mentioned, you, see you guys can come with me. Oh, okay. Yeah, for volunteering for with the 501st. I saw those pictures. They are so cute. <laughs> it was a fun day. Um, now... All right, since The Princess Bride is a book, I might as well throw that couple in there, too. Yes, Buttercup and Wesley. Yeah. Although I I like Wesley a lot more than I like Buttercup. Hi! What are you doing up here? Max and his wife. Yeah. Somebody! Somebody! 
Come on. Come on. Come on. Are you going to hang out with us? You're going to have to be quiet if you do. You're going to hang out with us and we have to teach you Princess Bride quotes. <laughs> next on your list? Are you staying with Mama? Next on my list is actually from The Lemon Tolly Life of Annie Astor. Hi, and it is the couple. Hi. Hi. So Christian and Edmund have just this wonderful romance that happens. It's, I'm not, I don't read a whole lot of LBGQT books and stories and things, but um, this one was just such a pure, innocent romance that develops that. I actually swooned when it's, you know, when they actually got together, when they actually professed their love for each other. I was just like, oh, my God, yes, this is just the most romantic speech ever. And it's just such a good, pure romance, such a good romance. Um, I love, they're one of my top ten favorite couples of all time. I love when you get so into the characters that you, like, actually cheer out loud for them or yell at them or whatever mm -hmm. happens. I'm but, crying against that. <laughs> like I did at, well, for Orange is the New Black. Oh, I I watched the first season of it. I haven't watched any seasons after that. But I, I know that a new season is on Netflix and everyone on Facebook is talking about it. Oh, yes. And I just finished it. And it mirrors Black Lives Matter. Really? That whole movement and everything. And, yeah, I'm crying like a baby. <laughs> Anybody who's watching, grab your tissues. Oh, dear. Can I look at my list, Lily? Um, the next one that I have is um, a book by Emily Giffen, who, oh, my gosh, her new book comes out tomorrow. I cannot tell you how excited I am. <laughs> I have it pre-ordered, and I think it's supposed to get to me on the 30th. Mm. But... Holy cow, I've been waiting, and I'm going to her book signing next Thursday. Oh, my God. I might have, like, a starstruck moment when I'm in the same room as her. But um, her book, Something Blue, mm. is the sequel to Something Borrowed. Now, they made the movie Something Borrowed, and I think it's adorable. Oh, my gosh. I, they did such a good job. And mm. I love Jennifer Goodwin because I love Once Upon a Time. And she's in Zootopia. She's a rabbit in oh Zootopia. My God, yes, we just watched Zootopia last week, and I was looking at the credits, and I thought, oh, it's her. I was like, I know that voice. Why do I know that voice so well? And I had to go look it up, and I was like, oh, my God, it's her. Jason Bateman was that way for me with for the fox. I was, Rich and I were going, who is that? The voice sounds so familiar. But that was such a good movie. Uh -huh. um, but something blue is the sequel to Something Borrowed, and Something Borrowed is told from Rachel's point of view. Hi. Something Blue is the sequel told from Darcy's point of view. Now, it's what happens after the end of Something Borrowed, but it's all Darcy's story. Mm -hmm. And I just love Darcy and Ethan. Darcy is totally stuck up and superficial and a little bit selfish and 
I I really didn't like her that much when I was reading something borrowed. I'm like, what a shitty friend. Like, seriously. I mean, okay, what Rachel did to her, unexcusable and mm-hmm. whatever. But, like, mm-hmm. during the whole thing, the whole book, I'm like, you're, you're making it really hard for me to feel sorry for you. Yeah. Your best friend is sleeping with, with your fiancé. But, but in Something Blue, she moves to London and she ends up falling in love with Ethan. And I just, Ethan is so sarcastic and they got John Krasinski to play him in something borrowed. And that couldn't have been a better pick. (laughs) And I really hope that they make the movie something blue because I'm dying to see that. That would be good. Yeah. Cause I like the movie. I like the something borrowed. That was, that was a good movie. It was, it was really good. And the books are really good, too. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see her book is, I think it's called First Comes Love. Mm-hmm. So, hi. Yeah, you're doing a good job coloring. You heard, I hear the baby, too. Yeah, he's crying. Baby has a bottle. Baby has a bottle? Okay. Oh, good. That was her input for the night. And do you have any other selections? I do. I've got two more. I have Alexia Tarabobi and um, I'm sorry, but I got a name. Um, McConnell Mc something or other. Lord McConnell. He huh. is a, um, from the uh, Parasol Protectorate series. Okay. Another Scott, Scott and this is another great uh, werewolf um, take. He's a werewolf. She is actually this thing, this supernatural person that Good job. she actually, whenever vampires or werewolves come around her, their powers become muted. And they don't, they end up becoming human if they touch her. Interesting. So, yeah, so she kind of negates all this power, all these powers. So it's really interesting it was something genetic that she was born with and she inherited from her father. And I love her character because she's half Italian, she's English, and she's got really big boobs. So I could totally relate, except for, you know, the whole English part. Um, and then, of course, you know, you've got three. Yeah, I think two out of three ain't bad. And then she's got this gorgeous man that's, you know, Scottish and wears a kilt and is stubborn and hilarious. And there is one scene where he is drunk in a bathtub that I will never get out of my head and I'm forever in love with. Got here. And then my last one, which is of course another historical fiction, is Jacob and Marlena from Water for Elephants. I love that movie. I didn't read the book yet, but I love the movie. Love the book. She did an excellent job with that book. That book was so well done. She's a NaNoWriMo winner, by the Is way. Really? Yeah. I yeah. didn't know that. Hmm. I, one day I will, well, first of all, I need an idea for NaNoWriMo. I can't, I can't do much without an idea. <laughs> but one day. This year, um, NaNoWriMo is going to be a rewrite. I'm going to rewrite last year's NaNoWriMo. You, I know that you're in historical fiction now. Mm-hmm. One day. You have to go back to Olivia's story because <laughs> I need to know what happens. The steampunk, yes. 
I, I, for those of you who may not be able to know, I tried writing a steampunk story. And maybe one day I will go back and finish it. But I love, I love the idea of steampunk. I don't like a lot of steampunk literature. I like the, the Parasol Protected series is steampunk. Native Star is steampunk. But a lot of the steampunk literature and subculture is very haughty, very nose in the air. Mm-hmm. And the literature is very, see, it comes off very male centric. And I just haven't been able to really get into it. So it makes it hard when you're trying to write a steampunk book. True. I can understand that. Mm-hmm. But you gotta do it. I gotta do it. I gotta finish it. At, least, it. Just for you. At least just for you. Just for me. You can wrap <laughs> it up and make it a short story. <laughs> okay, I can at least do that. <laughs> And I think she's coloring so nicely that I don't want to mess her up and go back to my list. But let me see if I can remember some who else I had written on there. Show me your list, Lily. Let's see. You can keep coloring. Keep going. Keep going. Let's see. The list. Oh, here we go. All right. Let me see. Okay. Peter Lake and Beverly Penn. There you go. Keep on. Um, Peter Lake and Beverly Penn from Winter's Tale by Mark Helprin. Helprin. I have to check the list again, but she's going to cry. So I'll I'll make sure that I have the right name when I make the post. (laughs) They did a movie about it. Um... A couple of years ago, it was with Colin Firth. And- That's why I know it. Yeah. So I, I watched the- read that book. I watched the movie, and I was sitting there going, I bet this book is amazing. This has to be based on a book. So I ordered the book off Amazon as soon as I got home. And the book is like, like an iceberg. You know? The movie, like, you got the tip. Mm-hmm in the movie and like a bit of it, but the book is just, oh my gosh, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. He makes, I mean, he makes the city a character and it's New York city. It's like turn of the century, early mm-hmm. 1900s. I need to read that. I've heard so many wonderful things about the book and my friends who have, cause I have other friends who are huge fans of the book. And they love the book, and they're like, the movie doesn't do it justice. It doesn't. It really doesn't. I mean, even I had no idea that it was based on a book, but even just sitting there going, you just, you could feel it. Like, you knew that this was based on a book, and you knew that it wasn't anywhere close Mm -hmm. as good as, what? As good as the book. Mm Mm-hmm. Somebody get a little wiggly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Peter Lake is, he's a mechanic and he kind of like a jack of all trades, mm-hmm. but he's also a thief and he decides to break into this house because he thinks that the rich people who live in it are gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, the daughter stayed home. The whole family went to like their winter home mm-hmm. and their daughter decided to stay home behind if you want to go. So he meets her and she's dying of consumption. Um, 
that's not a reveal. It's even in the synopsis on the back of the book, so I didn't give away any huge spoiler. <laughs> but it's just, it's, you know, a total tragic love story, and it crosses, it has a nice little twist at the end that ties into the whole, st- it's, oh, it's wonderful. You have to read it. Okay. I'll have to read it. I have to add it. We might need to make it a pick, maybe for wintertime, maybe December. Ooh. See how nicely that works out? No, I'm thinking that for October, we might need to do um, a book that I'm reading right now called The Semper Sonnet. Oh, my gosh. We need a good thriller for October. I'm, we have a credit on Amazon right now because we had to return something. And I've been eyeing that book. Yes, either you either get that book or... Um, or I give you the one that I have because it's just such a good one. I am like, I have to, there's, I have to, I read a chapter and I, I feel like I have to come up for air. It's so intense. And I keep thinking Michelle's going to love it because it reminds me of the, like, it's got that Da Vinci Code like um, mystery to it. Which I'm all about. Anything. Yeah, you're going to love it. Yeah, I, I need to read that. And I actually did, yeah, I know, I did pick up the, yeah, I did pick up I Shall Be Near to You. Oh, yay. That is another couple I love. I love um, Rosetta, and I can't remember her husband's name. Jeremiah. Thank you. Rosetta and Jeremiah are a fantastic couple that obviously need to be on this list. Yeah, I haven't read. I haven't read very far into it. Uh, I'm sorry, I just find that pretty funny. Draw pretty pictures on mommy, Lily. Draw mommy flower. F a freckle. Mommy flower her. tattoo. And and she thinks boo boo, so she's taking care of my boo boo right now. Oh, such a nice Lily. Oh, good job. Is Lily gonna be a tattoo artist when she grows up. Yeah. But I haven't, I haven't gotten very far. I've gotten just to the part where he left, like, without telling her he was going to leave. So he wouldn't have to, like, really say goodbye, which is just, like... Right, I mean, as a military wife, it's like, what the hell? Oh, my God. Like, do you know how furious I would be yes. if yes. Rich was like, oh, we don't leave until tomorrow, and then he leaves the night before without, t- oh, my God, that was, like, <sighs> yeah, I know, it was awful. But it's a very good book so far. I really like Rosetta. She reminds me of, um, she reminds me of Claire in a lot of ways. But I think I can trace anything back to Outlander if I try really hard. You pretty much could. It's like six degrees of separation. You're okay. You'll live. But that's my list for this evening. That is my list, too. I think I've got them all. And next week, we'll be starting um, All the Light We Cannot See, which we mentioned before. And um, we haven't exactly worked out the chapters breakdown, but I'll include that in the post for today. And then, of course, we'll go over it 
Um, yeah, we might have. There's, I, if I remember serves me correctly, there's a lot of chapters, but they're short. They're really, really short chapters. So we may have like eighteen chapters, but they're like, like a, some chapters are like only a page. I kid you not. Okay. Yeah, I so, think I was kind of flipping through it, and I saw that. So yeah, I know. But yes, next week I believe we're talking about historical fiction turned into TV. Or just historical fiction in general, maybe. I can't imagine what show is going to come up in conversation. Definitely not Outlander. Why would no. we talk about that? We would never talk about Outlander. Oh, my gosh. Never. That terrible show? Please. <laughs> and all the wonderful things about historical fiction and what makes historical fiction awesome, both yeah. in TV and in literature. Absolutely. And I... I'm pretty excited about my two historical fiction books that I'm reading two books at once. Aren't you proud of me? I am proud of you. Welcome to my world. Oh my gosh. Mama. I'm jumping from World War II Mama. to the Civil Mama. War to, or, yeah, the Civil War, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. But, <laughs> as always, I know I say this every episode, but we would love to hear from people and get feedback and maybe some books that we hadn't thought of or we haven't heard of. Mm -hmm. We're always looking to expand Because we only have the blo this podcast planned out for the next two months. Yeah, so we need ideas. Mm -hmm. Give us ideas. Mm -hmm. Book recommendations are always welcome. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And if you recommend a book you and you... Too. too, yeah. If you... Recommend a book? Mama, what? I have a two. Yes, you have two feet. I have a two. So exciting. <laughs> if you recommend a book and you want to join us on the podcast for the month, uh -huh. we would love that. We love people. We have a co-host tonight who is drawing on my arm. Our future tattoo artist. But, yeah, that kind of hurts. Don't do that. Mama, so... I am Michelle Labus, editor of the New Herald, and this is Lily. Can you say bye, Lily? Bye. 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 And, and I'm Diana Tierney, writer of Creating Her Story. Bye. Bye. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.